0: Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to the private members podcast for the Body Reset. This podcast has been built to help build the skill set of health so you're equipped with the skills to navigate life in a body that never holds you back. I'm going to walk you through some of the core concepts, beliefs and strategies we use in the Body Reset coaching system to help transform your body, upgrade your energy and dive deeper into understanding long-term health and performance. Let's find that first domino. Hey, welcome to part two of the gut series for the Private Members Podcast. What I want to go through today is the difference between your overeaters and your undereaters. This is a really, really fascinating conversation that when I first started the nutrition space, I really didn't understand. Uh, As many of you know, if you talk to any personal trainer or nutritionist that's read their information out of the classic textbook, it's all about calories in, calories out, Right wrong if you're 20 years old and you're looking to drop some body fat usually uh you know going for a run or dropping some um, some extra food there that might be really helpful to drop some kilos but if we wind forward to your mid 40s and 50s there's so much more that we want to understand identify and support to make sure our body's really working on our side and this is really identifying where that overeating and undereating category comes in to truly getting in the way of long-term change so I want to break it down into both categories and really apply uh, the thought process of long-term sustainable change to both we typically see just to give you an insight 40 to 55 percent of our clients are actually under eaters and wanting to drop body fat this is typically because we've been in the classic dieting culture before we've been through highs and lows of our caloric intake and typically that puts a level of damage on our body that tends to Disrupt our general ghrelin and leptin responses, which are hunger hormone responses to either eat food or to stop eating food. And we tend to find that those strong responses become a way for us to really feel like we don't trust ourselves of when we should eat, when we shouldn't, etc. And we start to lose confidence around really feeling like we have any regulatory system at all. So I want to walk you through both undereating and overeating to give you some tools and some steps on how to identify which one you might be and then what to do from there so i'm going to start with the under eater and firstly i want to really identify i guess why you should eat more and hopefully convince you that this process is not about starvation it is about fueling change if you are going through hormonal shifts this only becomes more important because we need to support these natural adjustments and hormones this does happen both male and female but typically is uh, noticed more on the female standpoint as it's done over a shorter time horizon or at least there is a uh, more significant adjustment in hormones both up and down that get in the way here so or at least make things respond differently so the big thing the overarching theme and there's a lot of complex cellular functions that I won't dive into here but typically if you are not fueling your body at an adequate level and say we need Uh, for your individual structure 1800 calories to function right there's a certain metabolic demand or energy expenditure required for all functions in the body to work if you eat significantly below that your body doesn't just keep dropping body fat it gets to a point where it feels like it's in a starvation space and says oh this is no longer safe i'm going to hold on to what i have for when i really need it later on and for so many people in that dieting space they get to this point where maybe the initial two to four weeks worked really well and then their body just halts fat loss and no matter how low they go with calories it just doesn't change and when we and then when they move back to a normal amount of intake they typically see that they put on a whole bunch more body fat because their body's adjusted down to the new level so it's kind of a double uh, whack at that level so what we need to understand from that is one, that awareness of keeping our body feeling safe and staying away from the starvation area. And two, is looking at it through the lens of uh, realizing our metabolic rate can. Uh, Both drop or increase through our current intake. If we're eating in excess and we're trying to build muscle, you can see that you can eat substantially more when the goal is putting muscle on because it's very metabolically expensive to build tissue. Whereas if we're trying to drop body fat and we're starting to lose, Uh, muscle as well as fat and we're really starving our body through that process we start to see a real reduction in function of hormones reduction in sleep quality reduction in cognitive focus all of these other things that make you know life enjoyable (laughs) tend to drop with it and that's really where we see a lot of these spaces of really the body not functioning particularly well let alone the metabolic rate so if you're someone that feels that your body's getting really resistant to dropping body fat, even though you're tracking or suppressing your intake quite drastically, you could be falling in this category. And when we get so used to eating at such a low level, it does take some time to build us back up. Because as you know, if you go back to just a normal intake of say 2000 calories, you might put a drastic amount of body fat on if your body's still in that starvation space. So we need to do it in a tactical structured way to build you up slowly. Now, one of the things that I think we need to address here is typically this comes down to uh, absolutely hormonal changes. If we're, if you're female and you're still having a regular cycle, this absolutely is going to have undulations throughout the month through your high hormone phase and low hormone phase. If you're going through menopause, there's again going to be some significant changes. And men, we tend to see uh, this tie into something called andropause as well. Although over a longer time horizon, typically between mid-30s and 50s, we tend to see that there's a reduction in testosterone as well. And this will absolutely have an impact. But typically, where we see the biggest impact in the under is usually we are running our day on either a lack of schedule or stress. And we tend to find that we can get up and go in the morning with a coffee or two and we go through the morning we forget about eating and we start to eat later in the day this is continually reinforced by fasting and we start to tell ourselves that we're being healthy we're fasting but really we're just lacking schedule structure and our ability to sit down and have a meal fasting absolutely has its place and i have to tell you now everybody fasts it just depends on for how long so if you're having a you know eight hours of sleep then, and you're eating just before you go to bed and you're doing it just when you wake up, then maybe we're having an eight hour fasting window. Typically, for many of our clients, we find that that sort of 10 to 12 hours works really nice. We give ourselves a couple hours before bed to calm down, allow our body to digest foods adequately before we go to bed, and then maybe an hour or two when we wake up. That would usually equate to around that sort of 10 to 12 hours. Now, if we start to move into 14 hours, this can be really beneficial for some if you tend to do your big workout in the morning and you're fueling that well. But as we move into 16, 18 or further, at some point this becomes more of a stressor, more detrimental to the body than typically beneficial. So finding that level that works for you is something we want to work with. And especially through this initial platform, this initial 16 weeks, this is something that I really want to address through the lens of fueling the change especially if you're under eater getting back to having breakfast and working towards a 10 to 14 hour window will work well for most a big part of this that you'll see as you talk to our coaches and our specialists throughout the program is actually just giving yourself an adequate amount of time to get enough protein in your day to fuel that change if we're adding in weight training if we're trying to make some adjustments to how our body functions looking at this through the lens of getting enough protein and typically we look at anywhere from 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo of body weight so if you're a 100 kilo human that would mean at least 200 grams if you're a 50 kilo human that would be at least 100 grams of protein in a day we'll dive into what that means later on in the program but looking at that is realizing that's 100 grams of actual protein, not 100 grams of chicken. Right? If it's 100 grams of chicken, it's probably going to be closer to 25 to 30 grams of protein. all right? So it shows how many times in your day we would likely want to have a feeding of protein rather than it just being in one big meal. right? There's a digestive component to that that we also want to take into account. So overall to put in summary for our under eaters we want to make sure that we're fueling the day we're intentionally front loading a good solid amount of protein in that first meal maybe we start with something light like a smoothie or the chair pudding options and we can move towards something a little bit more substantial like maybe an omelet or ollie's favorite we could go a full blown scotch fillet uh, not for everyone but taking the time to get in a solid structured protein rich meal in the morning will do wonders for not just your energy and overall function of your body, but typically have a good response on you being able to drop body fat and fuel that change long term as well. All right, so that's the undereater. The second one I want to go through here is overeater. So we notice that we do tend to consume a lot, and we do find that we either never get the trigger to stop eating, or maybe it's an end of day. We always feel like when we get home, we just raid the cupboards. Now, for mo- many of us, hunger is something that we are concerned of. We feel like there's something wrong. So I think the first thing and a challenge I'd like to give you, if you are in the overeating category, is one. Actually, two things I want to break this down into. One, really consider the quality of your food. If you're an overeater, when we look at it through the lens of quality over quantity, this becomes so much more relevant to you, to the point that I want to emphasize this above nearly everything. If we look at the difference between you getting 200 calories from a cake versus you getting 200 calories from a steak doesn't mean for them to rhyme but it gives you an idea of the difference in quality of nutrients you're getting with the steak not only you're getting a high amount of protein good quality uh, fats you're also getting a lot of micronutrients to really fuel and function the day if you're having the cake you're getting a perfect ratio of of sugar and fats, which just becomes the golden ratio if you to eat as much as possible, because it's really Moorish. it's really promoting you to just eat and eat and eat, right? If you look through society or through nature in general, you'll notice that there's foods that are sugars, and food and maybe even carbohydrates and proteins together and you'll see foods that are protein and fats together very rarely if at all will you ever see sugars and carbohydrates naturally in the same food that is something that as humans we have put together and created a meal that is uh, so delicious that we can't stop eating it and this is typically where we start overeating so if you are in this category looking at it through the lens of something that we can um tend to keep our protein and fats and protein and carbs separate or at least just the carbs and fats separately that tends to have a good difference or significant difference in our ability to, to control how much we eat now when you're having carbohydrates having some fats some fiber or some protein with that substantially improves your your response to stop um, that leptin response but yep cool i'm full but simply uh, understanding that that golden ratio of sort of 50-50 carbs to sugars, sorry, carbs to fats, uh, will typically mean that we're eating more to start with. The second part that we want to look at here is what we call something, uh, is, is a concept of overeating yet undernut. So the, the first concept we're looking at, sorry, there is, and is, we're looking at quantity over quality. We're able to eat so much food, but we're not getting quality nutrients. What this is, really doing is we're overeating yet we're still undernourished we're not actually getting nutrients to our body and our body just keeps telling ourselves to eat more now if you're getting a lot of cravings this is only made worse through something called post-ingestive feedback which is simply your body craving certain foods that it's designed to crave when we are low on certain nutrients now this is something that over time has been manipulated to be the Pringles instead of salt. It's the chocolate instead of berries, right? It's the adjustments where we may identify that where our body thinks that we need a bit of copper or magnesium or B12, something's a bit low. And rather than the natural fruit or protein or something that we would seek out naturally, this is now being manufactured in a way to be a new highly processed food that our body craves more of, right? Uh, we can dive into this a ton, but getting an awareness of sometimes these nutrient deficiencies uh, and higher cravings Either comes from one, not giving ourselves high quality food, which really turns into number two, which is where we're nutrient and certain deficiencies and it craves those coming through. Now, the second category here that I want to go through is understanding that when we have been eating a lot of sugars for a long period of time typically there'll be an imbalance in our gut bacteria and this will only further promote these cravings coming through so what i mean by this is certain bacteria will feed off sugars certain bacteria will feed off fats now if you are constantly feeding the bad guys that ratio will be out of balance so by giving yourself that first week or two especially as you go through the gut reset is a really really good way for you to rebalance this gut bacteria And start to create a little bit more harmony in the gaps you're not getting these constant single signals for cravings so if you are an overeater starting in that space of sticking to more of a protein and fats dominant breakfast and potentially throughout more of the day should allow you to get a much stronger feel of being full and satiated uh, to that high quality nutrients, making sure we're getting colors and flavors in those food rather than boring food allows you to really get truly those nutrients and really stimulus from food that you desire rather than feeling like it's boring and you're constantly getting these cravings coming through. The last one that I want to go through here is simply that awareness of cravings or end of day snacking or whatever it might be. There is very really hunger. It is to do with stress, it's a lack of energy, it's social, it's boredom, it's excitement, it's a dopamine hit, right? And I think this really highlights that, again, like we mentioned with the under eaters, the front loading of fuel in the start of the day and making sure that you are not trying to catch up on 80% of your calories at the end of the day. When we can fuel that morning, we're taking that time to improve how we create those little pockets of nutrition throughout the day rather than trying to catch up at the end of the day. This will make a significant difference. And if you're someone who's a busy professional business owner, someone who's running through the day. This is likely you. This was me for a very long time. And I became aware of it, even as a nutritionist, getting an idea of how often I was trying to catch up because the meeting had gone over, the project needed more time, etc. and I was simply not taking time to eat. All right. So today, what we've gone through is the overeater and the undereater, what strategies you can do in each scenario, understanding why or what is happening, and then potentially some strategies for you and tools for you to use moving forward. I hope that's really helpful. And I'll see you in episode three. Bye.